And this is the problem that a lot of entrepreneurs have is a false belief that they can do it all and they can really run several businesses at the same time. And the answer to that is yes, you can, but welcome to the business ownership podcast brought to you by awareness strategies, helping you navigate the waters between entrepreneurship and ownership. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I'm super glad that you're here with us today because I am here with my most amazing guest, Leslie. Leslie, thank you so much for being here with us today. I'm happy to be here coming to you from Florida right now. Nice. So give us a highlight of who you are and touching your business. Yeah, I'd love to. My business is called Back From Bali. I have a women's resort clothing line that I manufacture in Bali, Indonesia, and I then ship all of that directly into the U.S. And I primarily sell on Amazon as well as my own website. So it's an e-commerce business. And, you know, basically I was been an entrepreneur for a really long time, like 30 years, but I was not a successful, a financially successful entrepreneur um, until really the last 10 years when I made a really conscious mindset decision to become successful and start to make money. So I happen to know from personal experience that mindset is everything. And um, since doing that and making the changes in my business, both the interactions and outer actions, I've brought my business to multiple millions now. Nice. That's fantastic. So oh, I want to dig deeper into the, the ideas of kind of how you you navigated those waters of the million dollar business and of course touch on kind of what it is that you're doing right now um which which way do you want to go first <laughs> yeah no i can explain more like what it is yeah. that i do exactly so you know i i work with vendors manufacturers in bali indonesia mm-hmm. i work really primarily with women and family-owned businesses so really small businesses and and it's one reason why i do work with Indonesia and continue to work with Indonesia because I didn't want to get into like the factory world of China or anywhere else. Um, And I really love the relationships I, I, you know, I have with my vendors, I can go from like one hug to another, although I haven't hugged them in three years for obvious reasons. Um, But um, we're about to leave actually in, in three and a half weeks, going to back to Bali, Indonesia for the first time in three years. So Wow. Yeah. Nice. They must be excited to see you again, too. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. It's, it's, it's wonderful. So I love working with them. So we literally make all our clothes there. Um, we, we manufacture clothes. I work with many different vendors and um, that those that clothing then gets uh, shipped directly into Amazon's warehouses because Amazon warehouses for me, whether I sell it on my own website or anywhere else, they're the ones who warehouse for me. Nice. So what made you decide to go with Amazon? Because I know a lot of, even Amazon retailers have a lot of conundrum. Do we do we put it all in the warehousing? Do we do it off the website and store it? What made you decide to go that route? You mean with FBA? You mean yeah. with warehousing in particular? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I, I always heard that if you're not FBA, which means fulfillment by Amazon, and if you're if you're fulfilling your for your by yourself or you have a outside fulfillment center that's not Amazon, I always heard that the sales are much less and that you have many, many more sales when you're when you're prime. And prime is, you know, the money that people pay and they're guaranteed that 
the, the item will come either that day or the next day or in two days. And the reason why Amazon can do that is because they literally have your inventory. So I've always heard that if you aren't FBA, then really it really affects your sales. Mm -hmm. But I never tested that theory out before. And I did for the first time during the, this past Q4, because there were certain products that I just was not able to get into Amazon, uh, which we could talk about if you want to know why. And I, I just pivoted really fast and had another third party uh, fulfillment center to fulfill for me. But now these are what's called FBM, fulfilled by merchant versus FBA. And there is a huge difference in sales between <laughs> FBM and FBA. So that is why I would would only recommend uh, whoever wants to sell on Amazon, you absolutely have to yep. do fulfillment by Amazon. Otherwise, you're, you're probably learning, losing out on at least 50% in sales. Yeah. Do you also sell off your website or anything or is it a I do. I do. Okay. You could find me at backfrombali.com. You could find me through Amazon, amazon.com slash backfrombali. But even my off Amazon sales, my website um, is fulfilled through Amazon's warehouse. Nice. And and just because it's easier that way, because because it's their warehouse. <laughs> I'm, I'm able to sync my website sales through Shopify yep. Yep. is synced uh, with my inventory into Amazon. You nice. know, otherwise I'd be having to buy inventory for this website and an inventory for that website. And in, so in this case, I have one uh, bucket, so yep. to speak, uh, quite a lot of buckets of inventory, <laughs> and then it could be sold in multiple channels. Right. Which totally makes sense from a <laughs> warehouse perspective. So do they, do you basically, when somebody goes through your website and they make a purchase, do you basically then go and buy it from Amazon for them and, and no. distribute it? Or how does that relationship with no. Amazon so work? They go to my website, backfrombali.com. They look at all the pretty sarongs and the dresses and the embroidery dresses and, you know, every, the shrugs and everything that I sell and they buy it. And um, I do nothing. I don't even know they bought it. Um, so it, electronically, that will be uh, synced to Amazon. And um, the, the, the process basically happens and they will start fulfilling it. So this is all completely automated, totally automated. I do nothing to tell Amazon to ship it. Nice. I love it. And then from a business perspective, uh coaching perspective and strategist perspective. I'm like, yeah, that is brilliant and awesome. So let's kind of back up the bus and, and get into kind of what that transition was for you to go from running your business and then going, okay, enough is enough. I want to make money. What was that transition like for yeah, you? What happened? Um, and it really, it was really a moment in time. You know, I, I, you know, I hear people say, well, it was a long process. In my case, it was really a moment. And I, you know, I had been doing okay. You know, I, I was doing under under six figures in my business. It was okay, um, and I had enough been to get you back to long. Bali. Sorry, <laughs> enough to get, get you to back to Bali. Yeah, back from Bali, back from Bali. No, I mean, it, what having the business was enough to get you back there? Because if your intention was just to go to Bali and be able to pay for that expense. I mean, that's a good business plan. <laughs> so if that's True, it depends what you want. So it was okay. It, it yeah. was somewhat successful, the business. Uh, but when I got to like my early 50s, I started to feel that I just was not living up to my potential. And I knew I could be doing better. I knew I could make the business better. I knew I could make more money. And I just decided 
that is really, really, really what I wanted to be doing. And the, the first uh, step in doing that is I realized that part of the reason for not being as successful as I could be is I was running two businesses at the same time, two very different businesses. One, it was the, the women's clothing business that we're speaking about. And the other was a girl power program because I have a background in social work and psychology. And I was working with young girls, seven to 13 years old, in an empowerment program, and I absolutely loved it. And that was also somewhat successful. So once I made this like very conscious decision, enough is enough. I'm tired not having like as much money as I want. I don't want to be dependent on anybody. I have a wonderful husband who works also, but I wanted to stand on my own feet completely and not be told what I can or can't do. And I realized that part of the reasons for not doing as well as I could do is because of multitasking and having two businesses because it's literally like like a seesaw so you you know if you're a kid and you jump on that seesaw and you jump on that one and you know the other kids on the other side and you go high up and that is what your business starts to do because you're focusing on it and then you go oh no i have another business to run and you like you know you go down again and the seesaw goes down and then the other business starts going up and your other business that just was up starts going down and this is the problem that a lot of entrepreneurs have is a false belief that they can do it all and they can really run several businesses at the same time and the answer to that is yes you can but not at the very, very beginning. And certainly not if you're an entrepreneur that is running a business in a different way than just uh, building team and exiting, then that's a whole other story. Um, but you can't really focus on two things at the same time. Our brains don't work that way. So that was really my first very big decision was I needed to get rid of one of the businesses immediately and start focusing 100% on what I had. And that was one of the keys to success. Nice. I love that. And so true for so many people. And we have so many passions. <laughs> we just want yes. to make it all work all at the same time. What made you decide to go the clothing route versus the girl power route? And that was a difficult decision uh, because my head was telling me I should do girl power. Um, my head was saying, this is helpful. This is spiritual. This is something that's going to change the world, helping girls and all of this. And um, something else was uh, saying at the same time, you know, back from Bali is, is, is commercial and it's, it's money and it's clothing and, you know, of course you're going to choose girl power. So this was the, the struggle that I had inside of me. And what happened was I really felt in my gut rather than in my head that back from Bali is where I should go. And even though my head was saying I shouldn't, and I just, I really felt a visceral feeling inside of me that this was the right thing to do. And I made the decision just sitting there as in my little uh, little office in a little village in Switzerland because my husband is Swiss and we were living in Switzerland at the time. And I was sitting in the office and I just said, I'm letting go of girl power. And with that, I felt like the angels entered the room and started singing hallelujah. And I got chills <laughs> up and down my spine. And wow. if any of them can talk, they would have said, what took you so long? <laughs> and that was it. That was the decision. Uh -huh. 
Nice. I love it. So where did you go from there? Were you like, okay, now we need team. Now I need inventory. Now I need to figure out what this Amazon thing is. Where'd your brain go? Well, after that point, you know, I decided I really wanted it. I really wanted to change things, wanted a bigger business, better business, um, realized I had to stop and focus on one of them. So the next step uh, was learn what I call learning, becoming a ferocious learner. Um, And I realize, you know, you really you hear this a lot, but you don't know what you don't know. Well, I really didn't know this business at all. You know, I had uh, started on Amazon. I was doing okay. I was doing some sales, but I really didn't know what I was doing whatsoever. And um, I jumped on a plane. I went to a conference in Seattle at the time, which is uh, Amazon's headquarters, and I was blown away by the speakers and beating, meeting other sellers who were doing like 45,000 a month in sales. And, you know, and I was doing at the time, maybe 1500 a month in sales. And I just saw the possibility of what is there. And there was one woman I met who was one of the speakers uh, and she blew me away understanding trends and just understanding the way the whole e-commerce world and Amazon worked. And afterwards I got her card. She she was a consultant as it turned out. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to call her. But I did what most of us do, which is I took her card and did nothing. (laughs) And lesson. (laughs) Yeah. And literally I think it was maybe three or four months later, my husband said to me, whatever happened to that woman you met uh, at the conference, maybe you should give her a call. And I did. And that was the beginning of a huge transformation in my business. Nice. I love it. So did she, I assume you hired her on as a consultant, but I'm also assuming that a lot of her role was to be mentor going, Hey, done and been there. (laughs) Don't do this, do this. Yeah, yeah, totally. Because, you know, my, my belief, big belief when you're hiring any, anybody is uh, what I like to say is you hire somebody who is who you want, where you want to be, and was where you are now. So you want to hire someone who has the experience so you can learn from them rather than somebody who just maybe took courses in uh, e-commerce or whatever. So that was her case, um, that she had a lot of experience. And so that is who I hired and why I hired her. And yes, she was a mentor and she was a consultant and she was a coach and she's all of that. And this is, I think about 11 years ago, I hired her and still work with her to this day. And in fact, she is not only still a mentor and a, and a consultant to me, she actually does. I hire her also to actually, she's part of my team. Nice. That's awesome. That's fantastic. So my brain goes 20 million directions. <laughs> I could okay. take it so many places. So how long did it take you from the point of deciding, hey, I'm going to run a successful business? Did you kind of go, hey, I want to hit the million dollar mark? Did you ever think that? And when did you pass over that? Yeah, it. Um, I was doing at the time on Amazon about 50,000 is what I was doing at that time. Yeah. Um, and within that year, I hit 100. Um, nice. And I think the following year was 250. And I remember saying to my dad, that's good, 250. I'm happy, perfect, love it. I don't need more. I think the following year I hit close to 500. 
then it was 700, then it was a million. And then, and then it's continued to rise. So nice. um, many people, you know, you could do it faster, you know, mm-hmm. to, to get to the million for me took about, like it was at four, four years, something years like so. that. Yep. Yeah. And that's about how long it took to get to that seven figure, which is, was thrilling when you hit the seven figure mark. It's like, wow. And I never, it was never my intention to have a million dollar business. That was really not what I wanted. I thought 250 would have been a success. Um, but as you're in business and you, you, you know, you keep going and you keep going and you keep going, but of course, um, profitability has always been really important to me rather than top line sales, top line sales sound great. We could talk about it here (laughs) on the podcast. Sounds wonderful. But what's really important is, are those net is the net is the bottom line and what the profit that you're making from your business. So you could have a business, you could have a a hundred thousand dollar business. You could have a 500, a million, a $5 million business. And, and the important question is much more is what's your margin? You know, how much are you making? And that really shows this, the, uh, the success of the business. Absolutely. I've always said, if somebody plans to have 10 clients at a hundred thousand each and it's a hundred percent profit, that is an awesome business. Oh, like, yeah. Keep that all day long. Cause a lot of people run million dollar businesses, but then they're running them at a deficiency, which is just a giant headache waiting to explode. Uh, so yes, I'm absolutely with the, the profit margins. So when you are going, to, have you changed your, your product lines? Have you changed up kind of your services? along the way? Yeah. You know, when you're in uh, business and clothing and everything, it, it's a constant management of it. Um, so when I first started the 11 years ago, I did have a different product line. I had, I uh, was, I started my business with children's clothing because I really love the batik, which is the handicraft of, of Indonesia and the colors and all that. But I, I decided to get out of kids um, uh, partly because I like women's clothes. I like wearing clothing um, and I like the clothing. And also there's a lot of restrictions with children's clothing, sleepwear, a lot of, as you can imagine, safety issues when it comes to clothing for kids. So I transitioned to women and over the years the the product line has, has changed drastically, but what it, it is, it always has been a bohemian, colorful, comfortable style for women of all ages. So it still is that in terms of who I'm serving and who's wearing my clothes, but the line itself is changing. And I um, I am very much always analyzing the products, the numbers, uh, this business, e-commerce, uh, you spend a lot of time in Excel sheets, um, any <laughs> business, truthfully. Uh, yeah. You need to really look at the numbers because I really believe your numbers speak. Uh, and your products speak and they're telling you a story and they're telling you, you know, this, this is working and this one isn't. And, you know, a big lesson for, for owners of of businesses is, is to not fall in love with your products because your customers are the ones who are going to be telling you what they like and what they don't like. And I don't mean by you're getting an email. I like this. I don't like this. It's <laughs> yeah. not, it's not, not as straight. You're getting one that, that says I bought this, <laughs> but it's, they're telling you in sales. That's yeah. what they're telling you. And they're telling you that the black worked and the pink didn't. So you have to really be uh, the secret to success. The secret to um, business. One of them is, mm-hmm. is understanding your numbers and really paying attention to how they're speaking to you and what you're, what, what they're saying. If I could get one message to the world, 
entrepreneurs and consumers, that would be it. <laughs> it's like everything else is moot. And it, all that matters is where are you spending that money? And yeah. that's how you make your vote. Yes. <laughs> Period. Yes. Awesome. So how important was it to you to be able to get to Bali and to see the, what I'm going to call manufacturers, <laughs> whomever that might've been, whether it was, you know, uh, women in their huts or if there was actually a building, um, how important was it to you to have that contact with the people that were actually making your merchandise? Well, I thought it was essential until COVID hit. And then all of a sudden I couldn't go. And then I was like, oh my God, I don't need to go. So this was like a huge wake up call mm -hmm. and realization that I actually could do everything, everything yeah. without going. Oh, awesome. uh, So that, you know, so I haven't been in three years now. So this was a real shock to me that this was possible. So just like we all learned in so many things, like you have to go to your office. Well, guess what? You don't have to go to your office. Well, you have to go to school. Well, guess what? You don't have to go to school. Right? <laughs> like, all, right. all of these things. I thought I had to go to meet my manufacturers, go to fabric stores, pick things out myself, you know, all that. Well, guess what? You don't. So this was amazing that I'm able now to do my entire business and manage everything without ever going there if I don't want to. Nice. That is awesome. I'm totally going to have to talk to you about it. <laughs> my, my son was in Peru when uh, COVID hit and he had to fly back, but he was like, oh, you guys see this, you got to get this online. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I totally do. And then it shut down. I went, ah, dad, but I think I got to go revisit that plan because it sounds like uh, it could be a, a winner. So when you're getting back to you and your business, what kind of catalysts, what, what were the biggest issues that you had that you had to overcome either kind of mindset wise or, wow, I don't know how to deal with this problem. You know, the biggest issue is mindset. Um, and I can't, I can't say that enough because it really is the answer to everything because with the, with a strong mindset and a belief in yourself and a, a burning desire, you can get anything done. And that really was what shifted my entire business. And the mindset that I had had was that, uh, freedom was always my my most important value. Mm -hmm. And I had this belief, false belief, that if I became successful, if the business got too big, I would lose my freedom. And freedom is what I wanted to be able to work where I wanted to or, or take time off or not work or meet my friends or whatever it was. And I really had this, this belief that oh, that's not the kind of person I want to be because that kind of person who's going to have a really successful business is going to be super busy and not really who I ident identified with. Mm -hmm. So that was a huge thing. And the second thing was a belief that my husband is the one who should make the big bucks. So I had these two very strong mindset beliefs coming from uh, my family, as we all do. And we need to really dig deep into this and to really notice that the beliefs we have around money are coming from our family of origin or whoever raised you. And whatever you think about money, whether you think it's great or it's bad or it greedy people make it or, you know, you're not the type who will or, um, you know, it's okay for you to make 100,000, but you don't need to make 1 million, whatever these thoughts are going on in your head, they really are not your own. They really are coming from your belief system that you were really taught as a child 
and also from maybe who you're with now or from what you're hearing on the news or the radio or whatever. So I got really honest with myself and I really started to see like, why am I asking my husband to make all the money? Like, why, why am I expecting him to do it? And it just dig deep into, you know, how I was raised. And then um, I was raised that my guy was supposed to really be making the money. My father made a lot of money. My mom actually had her own business. And so it was very encouraged to work, but not that important to make that much money. And so I had all of these beliefs to get over and this identity to get over that, that, a, that a, a successful woman would look different than the kind of woman I wanted to be. So I threw all that in the garbage can. Um, and that took a lot of um, honesty and honestly, a lot of bravery too to do it and courage. And I decided, damn it, I'm going to make the money. And this is what changed. And in making that change and that becoming really honest with myself, that was really the catalyst that brought me to this amazing business I have right now, which, by the way, gives me all the freedom I want. So the whole ideas I had before were completely wrong. Hey, so I was going to say, so to encapsulate, I'm assuming you still got the freedom. You still got the personality that you want to have and, and the lifestyle and everything you actually wanted was cap you're capable of having it now because of it. Exactly. But we have these right. ideas that think, oh, yeah. we, if, if we're this, we can't have this. If we're this, then it can't do this. Um, and I, you know, I did a lot of um, work on this, literally journal journaling, you know, I, I would, you know, for example, write down things like, um, you know, you know, if I'm successful, I won't have time, you know, I, I made all these kind of um, ideas in a journal, and then I changed them to I am successful, and I have a lot of time, I have a lot of freedom, and I have a lot of money, like, it's just mindset, um, and nothing's more important than it. Um, and then once you have the mindset, once you realize this is really how you're functioning, and this is, if you're making a lot of money now, it's because of your mindset. If you're not making a lot of money now, it's because of your mindset. And once you really realize the truth of this, uh, then you can start taking like the tactical steps, the tactical steps, the practical steps up towards more success. Nice. Love that. Um so any advice for somebody that goes, okay, I want this. What what would you say are those tactical steps? So they go through, they figure out what their negative beliefs are. They've figured out how to at least word it so that they can have both or give themselves permission of the thing that they want. How do they, what's the next step in um, in getting towards the, the practical steps? Well, my steps were three in a row, which was yep. realizing what I wanted, okay, was focusing, you know, making sure I'm going to focus on what it is that I want. And then it was hiring someone who could tell me what to do. So this is, so anybody who's starting out or who has done the mindset work and is really ready to go, then you really need to understand that it's really hard to do this on your own because there's no way you know this. The, the, the reason why you're in the situation you're in right now is because you have, you don't know what to do. So you really need to get uh, guidance. Um, I never would be where I am now without the guidance that I received. So that is incredibly important to, to do that. Nice. I love that. So if you knew now what you knew then, what would you have done differently? 
Oh, like everything. Or if you knew then what you know now. Sorry. Huh? Sorry. <laughs> if you knew then what you know now, what would you have done differently? Even if it was just at that point of, okay, we're gonna we're gonna I am going to be successful in this. What would what things could you have done differently that would have even sped it up more? Or I'm not saying that you have to speed it up because I think that taking a gradual incline, it's actually a really nice way to do it. (laughs) That sounds awesome. Um, So there's nothing wrong with that at all in, in period. But if you could do something differently, what would you have done? I think hiring earlier um, and getting, getting, getting team set up earlier is uh, that, that I, that I dragged my feet for a very long time. Um, and I was actually petrified to hire a, a first person because it was like, it's so intimate, you know, you're kind of bringing somebody into your underwear drawer, you know, <laughs> into your business. Um, so that is something that I would do differently. And also I would learn uh, how to manage team um, because as an entrepreneur, this is not necessarily a natural skill that most entrepreneurs have that, you know, they want to start a business because they want freedom, they want more money, they wanted, they have a great idea, or they know they could help people or whatever, but they don't, most entrepreneurs have the skill as a manager. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really a skill. And there are people out there teaching entrepreneurs how to hire, how to have a team, how to manage it. Um, and that's something I think I would have done differently. Right. Love that. So what would you say is your, your favorite part of your business now? Oh, I just retired my husband. Yay! Um, we've been living in Switzerland for a long time, as I mentioned before, he's Swiss, and I really wanted to return to the U.S. Um, so because of my business, I was able to retire him nice. um, and bring us back to the U.S. and uh, support uh, our our family mm-hmm. and um, live anywhere we want to live. And so I literally, for the last year, I've traveled in nine countries um, and I'm really able to work anywhere because I have an e-commerce online business. Uh, so that's probably my favorite part of my business is the freedom that it has given me, the opportunities and the life and the life. I, I have an am- amazing life. I like love our life. Um, and it is really created like this really because of what this business has given me. I love it. I love it, love it, love it. Leslie, you've been absolutely amazing. Awesome. I get to go back to when you started your entrepreneurial career. Um, At what point did you know that you were that special kind of crazy enough to think that, hey, I could become an entrepreneur? Oh, yeah, there was there's another moment. That was that was (laughs) the moment before the other moment that I told you about. Oh, yeah, this one's really clear. So uh, in my early 30s, I um, I just had, I always wanted to travel uh, to Indonesia. Don't ask me why. I saw those islands on the map. I was like, that looks cool. And um, I did something very brave and I just went by myself and I went traveling. And that's where I found and saw these beautiful clothing, um, children's clothing. But um, like all stories, I had to uh, leave and come back to New York City, which is where I was living at the time to get a job because I had, you know, I had left my job, which was in public relations and I needed to get a job. And I opened up the newspaper, the New York Times to look for a job because that's what you did back then. This is like the nineties, late nineties or so. And there's just not one job I wanted to get. Like everything I looked at was no, 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 no. And I had a light bulb moment 
where I just remembered, wow, I remember those that amazing clothing I saw in Bali, the, the children's clothes and the moons and stars and the colors and the fish all over them. And I'd never really seen anything like that before. And I, I thought, I wonder if I jumped on a plane and went back to Bali and I took a duffel bag and I just bought off the street if I could bring it back into New York and do street fairs, which were very popular there on the weekends. Yep. And that's what I did. So um, it was because I didn't want to get a job. And I had such a passion <laughs> to, to be free that I just was crazy enough to do it. And that is how I launched my business. That is awesome. So give us a website again. I know half of our listeners already went there and they're checking it out. The other yeah. half are like, what does that mean? Probably, um, I mean, the best place to go, although you're, you're, you're Canada, aren't you? So I am, but we still have access to most.com. So. Okay, great. So, <laughs> so amazon.com slash back from Bali. Nice. Or you can just go to my website, backfrombali.com and you could find my clothing there. And I have a book coming out too. I have a hey. book coming out in, in, in May called Seven Keys to Seven Figures, the Women Entrepreneur's Guide to Money and Freedom. And in this book, I really chart out all the steps I did to bring this business from, you know, five figures to multiple seven and what I did. Oh, I love that. Okay. So let's dive into that one. We can even hold it out on me. So with the, the book, when the, uh, the book is out, it's already... No, it will be out this May. In May, uh, lovely. And uh, in the book, you're going through how to build an Amazon business or any business. Uh, how it, you know, I reference all of my experience, and my experience is very much e-commerce and product-based businesses. But it is a book that would help coaches as well, or any any. It's very women-focused, though, because I think uh, women and men are uh, have different issues when they're building businesses, especially around money and particularly around money. Uh, so that's what this book does. So it really gives you uh, the seven keys mm -hmm. um, and the guidebook to to be successful. And it's what I did and it is exactly why it worked. Um, and I share that with everyone. So I started consulting a few years ago because I started to to be like, wow, I would really love to, you know, help other women. You know, I was in my 50s and a lot of people say, you're, you know, it's too late and this and that. And it wasn't. And really anything's possible. So that, hence, I wrote the book. And I'm really excited that it's coming out. I love it. So that was going to be one of my questions. And so are you consulting now or giving back kind of? I am, I am consulting, but I'm very particular who I take on. I, I very much uh, prefer working with a woman who's already ideally have has a product-based business because I can help them more and has already has quite a few sales under their belt. So that that's that's the kind of consulting I'm doing. I love it. And so are you advertising that? Do you have a website for that? Or is that I do, I do. You can check, you can check me out on my own website, which is lesliecooster.com, which is my name. And I have a free ebook. And the ebook is seven sabotaging mistakes most women entrepreneurs make. So definitely <laughs> grab that. And you know, the thing about my my story is I made all the mistakes and I, I was the five figure, you know, entrepreneur and I am now the the more successful entrepreneur. So I speak about this from experience and I love sharing and helping other women entrepreneurs be successful as well. I love it. I love it. Love it. So you have been absolutely amazing. Thank you. Any last words for our peeps? 
Oh my God. Um, uh, you know, have fun and just do it. Um, a lot of people like have ideas and then they think about it and they don't do it. I mean, one of the keys to success is just doing it. My husband says like, I'm the, I'm the right now girl. Like, you know, uh, it will say, let's do something or let's look into the business for some issue. And he might say, oh, we'll just do it tomorrow. I'm like, let's do it now. So taking action, this is the most important thing is taking action. And I speak about in the book, inner action and outer action. And the inner action is the mindset. The outer action is the tactical how to do things. So just do it and take action. Love it. Speaking of taking action, scroll down right now and you'll have links to all of Leslie's uh, contacts that she has mentioned already. Awesome. Thank you, Leslie, so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thank you, Michelle. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedlek. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. We love helping entrepreneurs grow. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.